0: take our hymn books now and turn to him
1: Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know Did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man mary did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod when you kiss your little baby you kiss the face of God Mary did you know the blind will see the deaf will hear and the dead will live again the your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nation? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great. I
0: am. All righty. Uh, well, I do have a few CDs left over, and Joe Beth. Take these and uh, sell, baby, sell. <laughs> All right. Now, I, uh, I want you to go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we're going to read one verse. Now, we're going to read several verses, but we're just going to read one verse, and then we're going to get into the, to the story. But Luke chapter 4. Take a second to get into it. This has nothing to do with the sermon, but I got to tell you a story. Would y'all like to have a story tonight? It's Christmas time. Might as well enjoy it. Uh, 1982, long time ago, in a world far, far away. The uh, 1982, we um, January, we packed up and went to a place that we never dreamed we'd go. We went up to Northwest Indiana. Uh, January, bitter, bitter cold, like they're facing up there right now, except worse. Uh, matter of fact, the weekend that we got there, uh, I think the first weekend we were there, it was 19 below zero. chill factor was like 58 below. The second weekend we were there, it was 26 below zero and the chill factor was 76 or 78 below. Uh, and coming from Tennessee, that was a shock. And so, um... Uh, but we were there. And then we, uh, and I was fully convinced that I would go to school for one semester. I already had a college degree. I figured, you know, God wanted me to go to school for some unknown reason. And, uh, but I would go back up there and to get another, you know, to go back and get uh, some courses. And I figured, you know, one semester of Bible college was purely, surely enough for me. And, uh, so we made it through that first semester, and, but God showed me that I had to stay, and uh, we did, and we were there and, uh, that following year. Well, I was working retail, catching shoplifters, and uh, so retail, Christmas time, you just don't get off. And so uh, I was going to get Christmas Day off, that was it. Well, that was going to be the first Christmas ever that I would not been home for Christmas. You know, I was twenty-seven years old, and and we'd never missed a Christmas. Joe Beth had never been away from home at a Christmas, and and so, but we just had called home several times, and and I, my mom would cry. You know, I can't believe you're not coming home. And at that time, I think we had the only two grandchildren, and so or three grandchildren at that time. So we we were the only three that even existed. So uh, uh, they were very disappointed. Well, the on the twenty third of December. The guys I worked with, uh, was amazing, but the guys I worked with came to me and said, uh, listen, one of them said, I will cover for you on the 24th. The other guy said, I'll cover for you on the 26th, uh, so you can have the 24th, 25th, and 26th, and you can go home, and it was incredible. They just came up. I mean, I'd never asked anybody, never expected it, and so... Um, uh, we didn't, the only person I told was my dad that I was coming home. I said, don't tell mom. And we, uh, we packed up. Brooke was three, three and a half three and a half years old, because Heather was born by then. So Brooke, I guess, three, three and a half years old, something like that. So we took off and we drove all night on the 23rd, night of the 23rd, got there on about six o'clock on morning of the 24th. And uh, so uh, out there in the country where we lived, anybody ever hear of Canales Groceries? okay the best hams in the world uh but they uh, canales grocery well, justin Canali would put on a santa suit on the 24th and he would take fruit baskets to all the the customers around the community which i don't know how many that was but you know our family was one of his customers out there so uh, so he would come by in a Santa suit, he would drive up in his car and he would just come up with a fruit basket and bring it into the house and, uh, and, and talk to the family for a few minutes and he'd go make like his next, next stop. And so I knew that and I called Justin and I said, Justin, can I borrow your Santa suit and let me make the delivery to my house? And so I did, I put on the Santa suit, I got the fruit basket, I got Justin's car and I drove down to our house, and, you know, country home is a big old long driveway, and I went down to the house and, and um, got there and went to the door and, and knocked on the door, and, and uh, then comes my mom in her house coat and her curlers or whatever, and she comes to the door, and she just says, oh, Justin, come on in, because Justin would always come in. Well, I couldn't come in because somehow she had found out it was me, or she'd start to realize that I'm about 100 pounds lighter than Justin. And so... Uh, uh, but I just ho ho ho, and I set down the sack right there in front of the the door. Well, here's the key: I had put Brooke in the sack, and so Brooke was in the sack. I just took the sack and I set it down in front, and left the fruit basket, and I turned around. And I kept saying, "She said, Justin, come on back. You need to come in." I, Ho ho ho! When well, she what's the matter with you? Where are you going? You need to come. And I just kept waving and kept walking. And so finally, my mom, I hear her go over there and she said, what in the world is this? And she walks over and she opens up the sack and looks at the end and Brooke goes, hi, nanny. (laughs) And I promise you, my mom screamed, grabbed her heart and fell over backwards. (laughs) And I thought, I killed her. I killed my mama. It It was a great Christmas. And so... So, uh, that story has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it just brings back a whole lot of memories, uh, because I think a lot of part of Christmas is about the family, and it's, it's about the enjoyment, and, and man, oh man, I miss those days of, of getting there if it was for just really just for a couple of days, just to be able to sit by that fire and crack nuts and uh, and, and just sit there for an hours and, and just by that old fireplace and eat those nuts and wait for all the baked goods to come out of the kitchen, amen? It was an incredible thing. So, uh, now, I don't know how I'm going to get into this message, but I'm going to get into it, but... I wanted to tell you that, and probably somewhere maybe next week or between this week, I'll have more of them, I guarantee you, uh, because we used to pull all kinds of tricks on our children at Christmas, and so I can tell you about a few more, but I won't do it right now. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Just a, I don't know, probably two weeks ago, I read this verse, and I don't... uh, maybe only another preacher can understand this, but I read this verse and I wrote it down and I typed it out and I put it on my, and it's been on my notes there because I just keep coming back because I said, God has something for me there. It just, it spoke to me. The moment I read it, it spoke to me. Now, when did this, this take place, this statement, Luke chapter four? Well, it takes place immediately after the baptism of Jesus. So immediately after Jesus' baptism, this is what happens. It says, and being full of the Holy Ghost, uh, Jesus, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22 says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was open and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and in thee I am well pleased. Now, Jesus demonstrated his obedience to God by being baptized. Now, he was demonstrating to us what we're supposed to do. And it's not just being baptized. I mean, yes, he was baptized and he demonstrated or he was an example of that baptism. But really what he was demonstrating to us is the obedience of baptism. And so, and there's so much more in here, but the father even spoke loudly and clearly that this act of obedience was pleasing to him. It's so amazing that God is trying to teach us so much that at this point, the only place in the Scripture really that, it, you know, we, we find out in Acts said that the Holy Spirit comes in cloven tongues of fire, but, but here is, it says that bodily the Spirit descended. What, what is happening here is God wants us to see something. He wants us to see this obedience of Christ. He wants us to also see the Holy Spirit will descend. And he also says, I'm even going to speak so everybody hears. They could have done this all silently. The Holy Spirit could have come upon Jesus without anybody being able to see it. But he showed it to Him. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 Uh, It says this, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove, lighting upon him and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I will, peace, please. What was so righteous about baptism? It says it becometh us to fulfill all. All righteousness. What was so righteous about baptism? It was not the baptism, I don't believe, uh, when he said this. It becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. It wasn't simply the baptism. It was the submission and obedience Amen. to the command and will of God. Amen. You see, it went far past this, this, the water in the baptism. It was this uh, submission and obedience to the will of God. A righteous act is an obedient act. But it is not, listen to this now, and and, and virtually everybody in here knows this, but a righteous act is an obedient act, but it's not an act of salvation. Now, Titus 3, chapter uh, 3 through 6 says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another, But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Think about that statement now. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. So it's making it very clear there's, there's a couple of things in here that are, that are very important. But one of them is, of course, that it's not by works of righteousness. Uh, salvation doesn't come through works of righteousness, uh, which we have done, but according to his mercy. And it, it, this will help you sometime when you're dealing with maybe Church of Christ or something where baptismal regeneration is, is essential. You can understand that it says not by works of righteousness, and they'll say baptism is not a righteous act, and I'll tell them, hey, oh, excuse me, Jesus said it fulfilled all righteousness. You know, if it fulfilled all righteousness, it must be a pretty important righteous act. So... As we said this morning, the kindness, but here's what's amazing. The kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. That's what the manger is all about. He appeared to us. He came in the flesh in that manger. Clearly, a righteous act, an act of obedience, does not bring the product of salvation. So what is the result of obedience? This is what we're talking about tonight, and, and, and uh, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll be able to stay with me. But the answer tonight is simple but pro- profoundly important to our Christian lives. But listen, it's clearly a righteous act. An act of obedience does not bring the product of salvation. So what is the result of obedience to God? The answer tonight, as I said, it's it's simple but profound. The answer could and should change our Christian lives. The answer is found in our original text verse. You see, immediately upon the obedience of God, the obedience to God, there's a filling of the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to understand, there are some that will even teach, you know, well, you don't get the Spirit of God until you're baptized. I don't think that's the teaching that's being taught here. Because it's not specifically talking about baptism, it's talking about obedience. It's talking about obedience. This obedience that God's talking about here is not a show or a display of obedience, but rather it is a humble, sincere obedience. Jesus, the Son of God, God incarnate, perfection, filled with the Spirit of God, yields to being baptized by man. You say, well, well, you saw the Spirit descending on Jesus. No, Jesus was filled with the Spirit of God before the Spirit descended. Watch. The Spirit descended bodily so we could see this act of obedience and the result. Jesus, so Philippians 2, chapter 6 through 8 says, Who being in the form of God, it not to be robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It's, it's such an incredible example that Jesus is giving us of humility and obedience. God demonstrates what happens in our lives when we humbly submit to God and to godly leadership. God demonstrates what happens when we yield in true humility to any command, no matter how humbling it may be. You know, Jesus came to a man. This is God incarnate. This is God who humbled himself and came down in the flesh of a man. And he came to another man and he said, You must baptize me. Now, John, understanding who he was, says, No, wait, wait, there's no way. No, if if anybody baptizes anybody, you ought to baptize me. And Jesus said, No. I come to experience everything that all humanity has experienced. I come as an example to all humanity. And look, Jesus came and he said, I humble myself. You baptize me. I humble myself. Jesus will later demonstrate to his disciples this same truth again when he washes their feet. He humbles himself and he gets down and washes the feet of his disciples. And he didn't do it just for a show. He's trying to teach his disciples what true humility really was, what being a servant really was. Now, Is everybody totally confused? You're all looking at me this. Either you're trying to figure out where I'm going or I'm just making absolutely no sense. No comment. But it really, you know, I always, I tell you about this all the time. Some of the stuff just lights me up. But when I try to explain it, I look (laughs) in your faces and you just look at me like, Some of you look like, oh, man, I think I might get it. (laughs) You're hanging on there, just, and I'm up here just like, Lord, this is hard. (laughs) You know what Jeremiah meant. (laughs) Lord, look at their faces. All right. Now, here's the key, the answer, and this is, again, it's so simplistic, but in the verse that we read, what we find is Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. The example comes, he obeyed from baptism. And now in chapter 4, verse 1, he is full of the Holy Spirit. And what does that do? And Then it says, he's led by the Spirit so many struggle what to do what is the right decision where do i work where do i live who do i date who do i marry should i spend that money let me answer you ladies no Uh, should i buy that car should i surrender to the ministry where should i go to college what should i do there's just like all these, and we think, boy, oh, I want to know God's will. Maybe it's even here at Christmas time. Say, should I buy that present? Again, I'll help you. <laughs> no. The answer is in this one little verse. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and, listened, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Obedience brought filling. Filling brings leading. You know, we struggle with what God wants us to do. We struggle with where God wants us to go, whether he wants us to move, whether he wants us to stay, whether he wants us to buy, whether he wants us to sell, whether he wants us to do this job or to do that job. We struggle about so many things. And the scripture very simply in two chapters says Jesus humbled himself and he obeyed. And forgive me, he obeyed the word of God. And immediately, the, Spirit, the, the Scripture says he was full of the Holy Spirit. And what's the result? He was led by the Holy Spirit. I don't think for a moment Jesus stood there and said, well, man, I think maybe God wants me to go to the, go to the wilderness. Well, oh, I'm not sure. I wonder if there's anybody I can call. Man, maybe I need to bounce it off a bunch of people. You know what? You think I ought to go to the wilderness? What about you? And can I tell you, when we go through all of them, what we're looking for is the one that tells us no. Because I don't want to go to the wilderness. We're not talking about Jesus was full and now he was led to the palace. Jesus was full of the spirit. Now he was led to prosperity. He was full of the spirit. And watch this. God led him to the wilderness. And folks, I I wish I could say that every moment of my life, every day of my life, I'm full of the spirit. I have to... I I wish I could do that, but I can tell you this. Every time, the closer I get to God, every time I have a a very important decision, even if it's to the point of what I should preach, and you might not believe this, but I believe as I walk with God, as I talk with God, as I yield to God, as I submit to God, and tell him, Lord, it may not be a good message, but I'm going to preach the message you want. Lead me. And you know what he does? He leads me. And can I tell you, he will do that. Jesus was an example. He will do that for everybody in this room. If we are filled with his spirit, we'll be led by his spirit. And it takes away a whole lot of the torment. It takes away a whole lot of the confusion. And you say, well, how come I'm not being led? Well, forgive me, you might not be full. You You say, you don't think I have the spirit of God? No, the term was full. He was full. You know what I pray sometimes, Lord, fill me with that spirit from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, to the tips of my toes, to the tips of my fingers, to, to my eyes, my ears, my nose, my mouth, my tongue, my mind, my heart. God, fill me full. And you know what? You get filled full. There's no doubt about what he wants you to do. He leads you on. People say, how do you know? And I'll say, I, all I can tell you is when I'm full and God's directing, I can't say he wrote it on a sign. I can't say I saw it in the sky. I can't say I heard the words. I can just tell you I am compelled to do what I must do. It's full. But where's that fullness come from? Obedience. You know we we think it's uh, because I got to go to the desert for you know three weeks where I got to be alone or I got to fast for and, I, and I'll just give you a little heads up I'm planning so you can start scheduling your diet program but I'm planning a corporate fast for our church January 2nd not even deal with January 1st but a uh, January 2nd January the 2nd I'm starting a 21 day fast and, and look, I'm not going to ask you to do a 21-day fast. I'm not going to ask you to do that. I'm not going to ask you to do a day fast. I'm going to ask you to somewhere in that 21 days to fast with me. It might be a meal. It might be, and I will talk some more about it before we get there. But I just believe God will do something miraculous in this church in 2017 if we would just say, dear God, we want to be submitted to you and folks let me tell you nothing will break your will and your pride like fasting yeah. it'll humble us and god said if you'll humble and submit he said what you are is a now a the, the more you humble the more you submit the more you're empty and when you're empty god can fill you and when you're full He will now lead you. What is the will of God for my life? I've heard this said so many times. I just don't know what God wants me to do. Okay. Here's here's what you do. Anybody want to know what you do when you don't know what to do? Okay, let me help you. Here's what you do. Here's what you do when you don't know what to do. Do what you do know what to do. Okay. Do what you do know what to do. I don't know that God wants everybody in here to surrender to the ministry. I don't know that God wants everybody in here to go to Bible college. I don't know that. I was almost, you know, I was 26 and a half when God called me. That's not normal. I don't think, but that's the way it was. Two kids, one on the way, didn't know the one was on the way, but, uh, but, uh, but but it was okay. I didn't know the rest of them were on the way either. <laughs> we moved into a, a little one-bedroom apartment. The lady said, look, I shouldn't let you rent a one-bedroom apartment with two kids. you got to promise me no more. <laughs> okay, and I did. And, um, and we ended up with four in that one-bedroom apartment. But, but the fact is, is that, look, Uh, I don't know what God has for you. I really don't know that. But watch this. There are some things God wants everybody in this room to do. God wants you to be in church. Because he died for the church. Jesus gave his life for the church. Jesus started the church. God God wants you to be in church. Now, I I believe, look, I, I believe that God wants everybody to be a witness for Christ. I believe every human being ought to be a witness for Christ, ought to be a testimony for Christ. I believe everybody in this room, I believe God would be real pleased if you'd carry tracts in your pocket and tell people about not because we're trying to build a church because we need to reach more people for Christ. That's what God left us here to do. And so I believe that's something God wants to do. I think God wants everybody in here to love each other. I think God wants that. Wants that. Now, what? Look, do what you already know God knows. Do you know God wants you to do? Do it. That's obedience. Amen. And if you will keep doing what you know, and watch this now, watch this. Everybody in here is at different stages. And can I tell you who's growing, who's being filled with the Spirit right now? It's the one when the Spirit of God speaks to your heart about something He's not speaking to anybody else about. He may be speaking to your heart about lying (laughs) to women from God. (laughs) He may be speaking to you about what kind of ugly sweater you wear. (laughs) He may be speaking to you specifically about something. And watch us now. What have you been doing with that as he speaks? You've been coming to church now. Maybe you've been coming to church for years, but I showed up. And maybe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about something and said there's something needs to be changed. What are you doing with that? Come on now. What are you doing with that? People ask us all the time, "Where we come from, and how did this happen?" You got your daughter serving God. You got this this seemingly good marriage, seemingly, and so you got all these things. What happened? How'd you do it? How? Can I tell you? It's called simple, childlike faith. You know what that means? God said it. We just do it. We're not perfect, but if God says it, she knows I've taken her all over the place. Where are we going? We're packing doing this. We're selling this house. We're going here. We're doing that. People look at our house now, and it's amazing. Every day of my life, you can ask my wife, as hardly a day goes by, I don't just get up and say, this is incredible, what God has done for us. But two and a half years ago, we were in a 34-foot broken-down motor home. That's where I'd take her. She said, why do you do that? Because God told us to. Why'd you even leave to go up north in 1982? Because Sunday night, God said go. Monday morning, I resigned my job. And Thursday night, we went to a place never seen before. It's simple I already said it this way. We're just stupid enough to believe God. Watch it. I'm no better than anybody in here, but I believe that simple obedience has led to God filling. And as God has filled, it's been amazing how he has led us. Let us decisions about our children. Let us to decisions about ministry. The sailor ministry, we saw 40,000 sailors say. You know how that started? One day uh, uh, in 1986, I'm sitting in my living room at 5 o'clock in the afternoon with my my children playing around me, and I was playing with them when God just spoke. Spoke and said you need to call the leader of the sailor ministry I'd never been in the ministry I'd never visited the ministry I had no I just picked up the phone and I called that man and I said I believe God wants me to join your ministry and he just laughed and he said man I think God's in it and and I had no idea I had no idea what it meant I had no idea what look that first Saturday I didn't even know that when I went to the meeting I wouldn't be back till midnight I wouldn't have gone. I mean, I met at 7.30 in the morning, and I didn't get home till midnight. That's insane. But when I came home, that's not it. I came home with six sailors, and Joe Beth didn't know I was bringing people home with me. We had no food in the house, and she was pregnant. and, and, And I walk in the door, and I say, I got some guys with me. And she went, oh, good Two bedroom place. We had five kids already. You say that's crazy. I can't. It's what God said to do. And you know what he did? Five months later, my preacher asked me to take over that ministry. And the next twenty years, we saw forty thousand sailors say because obedience brings filling and filling. Brings leading. Times are up. But obey what you do know, and God will lead you to do that which you presently do not know. Say, I don't know what to do now. Obey what you do know, and God will lead you to do what you don't know. Notice also that when we are led, that does not mean we are all, it's always going to be led into a pleasant or positive place. Jesus was led into the wilderness and was tempted of Satan. But even this was for our good. Jesus will overcome the tempter. John sixteen thirty three says, These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's only by trials that we learn the truth. It's only by trials that we overcome the tempter. Romans twelve twenty one says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Through the trials we learn to overcome the evil with the good of the Word of God. You don't you don't grow until you face adversity. You don't even know who you are until you face adversity. And that's why Jesus came and he was filled, he was full of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit led him and he didn't lead him to prosperity. He led him to the wilderness and there in the wilderness, he was tempted of Satan. But there in the wilderness, he overcame evil. He overcame evil with good, the good of the word of God. So... A great gift we could give our Lord this Christmas and a great gift we could give our family this Christmas is for us to be a man or a woman or a husband or a wife or a child who is full and led. During this time of year, we want to be full and fed. You say, how can you be fed if you're full? Any of you eat anything after you're full during Christmas? If you say no, you're a liar. <laughs> I'd be packed in full, but there's stuff sitting on the counter, and there's pies and there's cakes and there's and I'm I can't eat another bite. Ha. I really don't want anything else. Ah uh-huh. ha. I just, man, I don't want anything another week. Ha ha, ha, ha. That's why we are not going on a fast now. (laughs) It would be an exercise in futility. We don't need to be full and fed. We need to be full and led. And boy, that makes a wonderful Christmas when you're full of the Spirit of God and led by the Spirit of God. That's why I'm going to beg you one more time. And daddies, let me beg you one more time. During all the things, mamas, while you're cooking and cleaning and cooking and cleaning and washing and cleaning and cooking, don't forget Jesus. Don't forget every day to say, Lord, what, what would you have me to do? Because if I obey i can be full and if i'm full i can be led and that's really what we want i can remember a christmas about five years ago i'd gotten pretty intense about my walk nightly walk and and all the families there playing games and and I stayed pretty late to about midnight and they were still playing games and and it was cold and they were all lit with us for Christmas and I wouldn't put on my walking gear for up there that's a snowsuit and I put it all on and I walked out the door and about an hour and 15 minutes later I came back in that door they were still playing games It was that Christmas that two of my daughters said to my wife and said to me, Daddy, you're different. Something's different. And for years of my life, I allowed family to sometimes cause me to You know, you feel guilty walking away from them. So I found, I allowed myself to do less during the very time that I needed to be seeking God. And I used to say, boy, a sad thing, that was just five years ago. 55 years old, and I finally learned the truth that I'll stay with them as late as I can and I'll do it all I can, but I've got I've got to refill to be what I need to be for my family, to be what I need to be for my wife. And I refill by being obedient to God's command to walk with Him, to talk with Him, to spend time with Him. Sorry for taking long. Father, I pray that you bless.